It is time. Ladies and gentlemen, good day, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to our housingradio.com real estate broadcast, I am Connor McIver. We are here finishing out the first week of September. Uh, September 1st did start at the beginning of September, and then the second came, and then the third, and today we are at the 7th of September, 2017. This is your housing radio broadcast. I want to talk about natural disasters. I was a first responder during the Northridge North Ridge earthquake back in 1994. That earthquake damaged a lot of homes in the city of Los Angeles, and I was at that time with the Los Angeles Police Department. Now I'm retired from there, at least honorably, no paycheck coming in, but get a few of the other benefits that come with being an honorably retired police officer serving over 20 years, uh, about five years of that as a reserve. So hence the pension not being in place, but you know we do represent buyers and sellers of real estate, so it works out very well. So let's get into this. Now, today's housing radio broadcast is a little bit different format. Usually we talk about the inventory. We're about the same as we were yesterday, about 540 units for sale. We also talk about what type of real estate market we are currently experiencing, and if there's any kind of a shift on the horizon right now, we're very deep in a seller's market that's has to do with the lacking real estate inventory and the still high buyer drive out there. Of course, buyers realize this, and we've done a couple shows that have mentioned this, one in more detail. You can find all of this, scvblog.com, scvblog.com. It's a vanity URL. It'll take you into our SCV Nest website blog, so you can see all of the articles we put together and learn about the best ways to approach real estate whenever you get closer. Now, looking at the listings, we have 543. That's up one from yesterday and a couple from the day before. So that's still within a very, uh, the seller's market. As far as something happening in the near future to change the market, don't see it. See it continuing its current pace. We still see sellers reluctant to sell because they're not seeing that house that they want to buy. We see that come up a lot. Or we get that panicked phone call from one of our sellers or potential seller that has been kind of on the fence wobbling, right? They've been thinking, well, maybe we should move up. And then all of a sudden, the right house comes on, and then they realize it's too late. And that's also, of course, going to depend on price point. If you're if you're upwards of $800,000, $900,000, the right house might be around long enough for you to have yours sold by us and then write on that one and actually get that one. However, it is still very constrictive inventory, so you don't know if that right house, as it enters the market, there are other people watching and they're making those same decisions, and they could be better off financially, right? Maybe they can afford two mortgages, so they go ahead and sit on that one house and buy that other house, which is more in line with their dream home, and then they come back and have the other one sold. A lot of ways to tackle real estate. My suggestion to you, get good advice. Now let's talk about first responders. We had recently uh, issues, uh, first responders, and then natural disasters as it impacts real estate. Recently, you, you saw the Houston area. Texas was devastated. At that time, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of damage, death, emotional pain. How the heck are we going to pick up and continue on? We saw some news releases talking about people that are just finished. They're going to move to a different area in the United States. But it seems like everybody's coming together. That kind of a disaster is difficult to understand unless you're there. All the news agencies and the media, they can go out there and they can interview 
people and whether they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart or for ratings, whatever it may be, these people are in pain, folks. That, that's a very difficult thing to go through. And I saw it firsthand and was a little bit affected by it back in uh, during the Northridge earthquake back in the day in greater Los Angeles. Whenever we were there, LAPD went on AB watch schedule. So we were on 12 hours on, 12 hours off. And I worked during the night, so there was some looting. There were people that were breaking into these abandoned homes. Criminal element kind of arose out of the darkness, or maybe they just became more apparent. And they were breaking into houses. At that time, all of the real estate transactions, all of those loans that were getting ready to fund with people out there buying their dream home, or trying to sell real estate or whatever, even getting insurance policies, everything stops and nothing moves forward. That's going to be the same event that Houston's going to see. Besides all the the heartache and the pain and all of the trauma created by that kind of a natural disaster, besides all of that and with that looting, and you even probably heard that on the news, there are some incidents of people there in Texas, again, this criminal element having arisen going around to people's house while they're abandoned and trying to, you know, find stuff of value and so on and so forth. Probably less likely to happen there because you don't know when that homeowner's coming home. And I believe the gun ownership rate is a lot higher in Texas. So that probably does kibosh that kind of uh, a criminal a little bit more than maybe California. But I remember it. People were not living in their homes. People hotels were done. They were all booked up. The ones that were still in operation not damaged too much from the earthquake. And at that time, we had a lot of people living in the parks, you know, with, with mattresses and blankets. And it wasn't a wet, you know, the earthquake didn't cause that wetness, but it did take houses and make them inhabitable. You couldn't live in there. And then the other part of it, you have people that are trying to buy. Like in Houston, I'm sure there were thousands of real estate transactions going on around that city and, and in the various areas. We'll have, you know, 30 closings a week just in, you know, a couple of the Santa Clarita Valley cities tied together. You have greater Los Angeles. There's, you know, several hundred a week. You have Houston and the metropolitan Texas area, plus all those other cities in Texas, because it really affected a big chunk of that state. Can you imagine? So all of those stop. Those people don't move forward, and now those people are going to also come up against the insurance. They could have had a binder already in place. They could have had an insurance company that was prepared to write a policy on the home that they were buying because that's part of the real estate process when you're buying real estate. We run into that occasionally here. Somebody wants to buy a house, and they have a particular insurer or insurance company that they really want to use and that property happens to be close to the border of Stevenson Ranch or even maybe some areas in Saugus, they might call it out and say, listen, you either have a flood potential because it's running next to the Santa Clara River or you have a fire potential because occasionally when brush gets too thick, it does burn while houses, at least in Santa Clarita, haven't been ravaged by those kind of fires. And you've probably seen those on the news. They come up every once in a while within the valley. While there haven't been any actual any structures, at least in Santa Clarita proper, affected by fire, you know, flames have come close. But the fire department, first responders, again, sheriff's department out here, do, does a great job. We have a lot of law enforcement and fire department that work other cities here in Southern California that actually call Santa Clarita their home. That seems to help. Down in the San Fernando Valley, we had people living in parks. We had a lot of issues with... 
uh, people wanting to break into businesses that were ravaged by the earthquake. And at that time, people weren't able to get insurance either until the dust settled. And the insurance companies, they had to pull back a little bit and then make other decisions as to what's going to best serve their stockholders and the people that invest in those insurance companies because most of them are publicly traded, right? And they have bonds in place and they are really there and they do make money. So they need to now pull back and look at the entire process and see how it's going to work. Are premiums going to go up across the board because of this natural disaster? Are houses going to become uninsurable depending on where they are? Maybe they're closer to the epicenter of the earthquake or whatever it may be. There are a lot of decisions to be made, but understand that everything seems to stop whenever there is a natural disaster. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't wish that on my enemy at that time. We lived in Burbank when that uh, when the Northridge earthquake hit, and it was it was a big one. I remember a lot of shaking, and I remember we had just moved to Burbank from North Hollywood, and then prior to that we were at 3100 Riverside Drive there in Los Angeles. It was it being on the upper floor of those apartment buildings would have been quite a shock. I, I'm I'm sure looking back. But anyway, that's how that whole process works. So if you are in process and ever wanted to know if a natural disaster like Houston hits or the hurricane or earthquakes, everything in real estate stops. Buying houses stops. Everything stops. And then everybody pulls back, especially those other entities required, even the lender, because the lender now needs to figure out they were about to loan, you know, umpteen hundreds of thousands of dollars on a particular house now all of a sudden there was a natural disaster. How did it affect that house? And is it does it have current insurance? See, that whole process gets lengthened if it even continues to go through at any time. Maybe that person that was buying says, you know what, this is going to be uh, too many moving parts in this. I'm going to go ahead and back away and go somewhere else. I'm Connor McIver. Thank you so much for listening in to housingradio.com. It's a little bit about the world of insurance tied to real estate, tied to natural disasters, uh, first responder experiences, and I'm always glad to be of service with your real estate needs. Let me know if I can help you or yours. We will upload the show to Blog Talk Radio for our typical 5 o'clock broadcast. I might, if you're listening at that time on Blog Talk Radio, I might change that time slot. I might move it up to 3 or 3.30 just because news is on at 5. A lot of people are watching that. And while I'm a lot of fun, fun in the sun, I'd probably rather watch the news and listen to myself as well. Just trying to find out what's going on in the world. But then come back to me, folks. You can always listen to the show after the news is over. I'm Connor McIver. Thank you very much for listening in. We will talk to you soon. Be safe and have a great rest of your week. We'll be back tomorrow. Take care.